Hello, good afternoon everyone and welcome to another episode of Everyday Black History. Happy hump day to all of you out there. I hope you had a beautiful Wednesday and only a couple of days closer to the weekend. So just hang tough and before you know it, Friday will be here. But today on Everyday Black History, you know, we welcome you as, as, as we said earlier. Um, we're going to be highlighting one of our institutions, one of our HBCUs. And like I always say, we highlight, you know, our uh, historically black college universities. I always say it's important to highlight these institutions because they were brought about because there was a time, as we all know, because of slavery and that, uh, you know, African-Americans were denied uh, education, especially higher education. It was illegal for us to read and to write let alone to, you know, learn uh, higher education and what, that what a four-year university would provide. So these colleges were created so that we as Black Americans could learn to, you know, do reading and writing and also to teach, to learn how to teach, to teach other generations of Black Americans. So today we're going to be highlighting uh, one of our HBCUs, our institutions, Bennett College. And Bennett College is one of only two uh, HBCUs that are specifically for women, the other one being Spelman. But Bennett College was the first uh, HBCU that were catered specifically to black women. Now, it was founded in 1873 as a normal school to educate freed men, and it was co-ed. Both men and women uh, attended Bennett College, and it was to educate uh, freed men and women um, as teachers, in 1926, it became a four years, uh, four year women's college. Uh, today, it serves roughly 470 uh, undergraduate students um, as of now. Now, um, if you've heard anything about Bennett College as of uh, in recent, in December 2018, the uh, regional accreditor, the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. Commission on Colleges announced that it intended to revoke Bennett College's accreditation. Um, the college has been on probation for two years due to its considerable financial challenges. So there's a lot of uh, fundraisers that are going on and attention is being brought to bring light to this situation because it's important that we continue Bennett College because, as mentioned, it's one of only two um, colleges that are catered to black women. And as we go over the history of Bennett College, we'll see the importance of it and why we should, you know, do what we can to keep this institution alive. Now, um, uh, the history of Bennett College, as mentioned, it was founded in 1873 on August 1st. And before we even get into the history, it's also important to note um, Bennett College's uh, civil rights history, um, the sit-ins, you know, um, uh, a lot of the presidents also helped to uh, encourage activism amongst the students. And as we, and we'll get into that later. So um, just going into the background history of it. It was founded August 1st, 1873, um, as we mentioned, as a normal school for 70 African-American men and women. Um, some were free, born free and some were former slaves. The uh, founder of the school was an activist um, who championed the cause of racial equality. And uh, the school held its inaugural classes in the basement of a church in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, 
the Bennett at the time offered both high school and college level courses in an effort to compensate for the lack of educational opportunities that were uh, there for black Americans. The uh, year that it was founded in 1873 was sponsored by the Freedmen's Aid Society and the Southern Educational Society of the Northern Methodist Episcopal Church. Um, uh, Bennett College remained affiliated for 50 years with the Freedmen's Aid Society, and in 1878, the college purchased land for a future college campus, which is its current site. A businessman by the name of Lyman Bennett provided $10,000 in funding to build the campus, and he died soon after that, and so the name took on the college took on his name um, as what is known today, Bennett College. Um, at the time, it was named Bennett Seminary. And there was a bell that was created in Lyman Bennett's honor to show appreciation for his um, for um, his funding. Um, there were other businessmen and philanthropists who heard about what Lyman Bennett did, and they continued his mission by providing the bell um, for the school for Bennett Seminary, the bell that was created in Lyman Bennett's honor. In uh, 1888, uh, Bennett Seminary, as it was known, elected its first African American president. Reverend Charles N. Grandison. And Grandison spearheaded a successful drive to have the school chartered as a four-year college in 1889. And uh, two of the first African-American bishops of the Methodist Episcopal Church were graduates of uh, Bennett Seminary. Um, Under the direction of Reverend Grandison and the succeeding president, Jordan Javis, Bennett College grew from 11 undergraduate students to a total of 251 undergraduates by 1905. By 1916, um, Bennett College was recommended to be converted to a college exclusively for women, and the Women's Home Missionary Society, um, which had supported women at the college, Bennett College, since 1886, had found that there were not um, any four-year colleges for African-American women only and sought a school that they could uh, use for that purpose. So Bennett College was recommended as that school by the North Carolina Board of Education. After 10 years, um, during which there were studies for other locations and fundraising was conducted, the Women's Home Missionary Society and the North Carolina Board of Education uh, decided to develop Bennett College um, as that school for specifically African-American women. In 1926, it was fully transitioned as an all-women's college. Um, in 1926, David Dallas Jones was installed as the president uh, of uh, Bennett College, and under his leadership, the college expanded even further, reaching an enrollment of 400, and it became known in the black community as the Vassar College of the South. And David Dallas Jones recruited faculty, staff, and student body from all cultural and ethnic backgrounds, helping to the development, um, helping in the development of the students. Um, his leadership was very accomplished, as we can see. In 1937, um, Bennett students protested downtown Greensboro movie theaters because of the depictions of black women in film and the segregation of the movie theaters. Uh, President Jones' daughter, Frances Jones, who was a fresh, um, fresh woman, led the protest. And this protest took place during the Great Depression and the Jim Crow South, and it was a catalyst for 
um, David Dallas Jones to be visited by the FBI and other government agencies um, who were who claimed they were concerned about communist or leftist activities, and they ordered him to re- prohibit the students from protesting, which he refused. Uh, he was he was able to get uh, David Dallas Jones was able to get uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, who was the first lady at the time, who was the first lady to come to the college. Uh, not she wasn't the first lady during the 1930s, but she was the first lady during the 1940s, and she visited the college in 1945 to meet with an integrated group of school children from Greensboro. And uh, during his tenure, David Dallas Jones he. Uh, got a lot of influential people to come speak at the college, one of which was Benjamin Elijah Mays, who uh, was uh, Morehouse College president, another HBCU, um, poet Robert Frost, and um, the writer James Weldon Johnson. Uh, Jones led the college for almost 30 years until he became ill in 1955, when he was succeeded by Willa B. Player, who was the first uh, African-American woman to be president of a four-year college, a four-year fully accredited liberal arts college or university. And she officially became the president on October in 1956. And during her tenure, uh, Bennett College uh, was one of the first HBCUs to receive accreditation from the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. And on February 11, 1958, uh, President Willie, Willa B. Player um, got Martin Luther King to speak at the school since he was prohibited from Greensboro the city of Greensboro from speaking publicly anywhere uh, it was an honor for her to get him to speak at Bennett College and the, the speech that he gave that at that um, time was entitled A Realistic Look at Race Relations and it was delivered to a standing room only audience on the campus um, um, Willa Player said about the visit uh, Bennett College is a liberal arts college where freedom rings, so Martin Luther King can speak here. Um, Martin Luther King, Howard Thurman, and Benjamin Elijah Mays uh, inspired the Bennett Bells, as um, women who graduate from Bennett College are known. Uh, they were they inspired them during President Vesper's uh, series to lead civil rights protests in Greensboro. The Bennett Bells were out there, you know, active. In the civil rights unit, um, in the civil rights movement, as we're going to get into next, they uh, participated in all kinds of uh, civil rights activities for equal rights during that time. Um, in the 1960s, Bennett College and North Carolina A&T began civil rights protests in downtown Greensboro. Um, in 1963, uh, Betty Davis committed, not the actress Betty Davis, for those of y'all who know who she is, but Betty Davis, in the class of 1963, committed to sitting at the white-only lunch counter of FNW Woolworth's Variety Store with students from North Carolina A&T and to return until it was integrated. So they were doing this daily until Woolworth's decided to integrate uh, their store. On uh, February 4th, 1960, close to a dozen Bennett Bells were arrested due to their continuing protests at Woolworths. In April of that same year, 1960, uh, Bennett College and a uh, North Carolina A&T uh, college students were arrested for trespassing at the white uh, S.H. Crescent Company lunch counter. The next day, April 27, April 22nd, 
the uh, New York Daily News uh, broke a story about the Bennett Bells uh, being arrested. And uh, they broke the story nationally with front page headlines showing pictures of well-dressed, you know, black female students uh, entering the back of a, awkwardly entering the back of a paddy wagon without the assistance from the police officers surrounding it. They reported that Greensboro police claimed that they were surprised by the behavior of the Bennett Bells, who were considered refined young women from an elitist finishing school in the Greensboro community. That was a story that they spun to the media. Now, at the peak of the sitting of the, of the sit-in movement, more than 40% of Bennett College's uh, student body was jailed. 40%. <coughs> Willoughby Player, uh, the president, personally visited the students in jail, carrying their assignments to them so that they would not fall behind in their studies. After Willoughby Player, um, who was who was known as the activist president, um, retired in 1966. Uh, I, I, Isaac H. Miller succeeded her and uh, Isaac H. Miller was um, was uh, known to the school because his father was an administrator at Bennett um, earlier, previously um, Isaac Miller um, continued the Bennett ideal um, despite social changes of the late 1960s during which uh, students protested strict dress codes, disciplinary policies, and curfew. Um, during the 1967 and 1968 year, fresh um, women, as they are known, not freshmen, walked out of dormitories one minute before curfew to uh, make their point. And uh, students took over the student union, demanding change. And even though uh, the building was surrounded by campus security, um, um, I'm sorry, he surrounded the buildings with campus security and he, he even brought in family of the activists and sleeping bags for them to sleep in, um, changing the protest to a campus-wide sleepover. So the thing I like about, you know, this is that the presidents, <coughs> excuse me, of Bennett College encouraged the activism. They encouraged the students to protest. Because this was the way that a lot of change was made, especially during this time. Willoughby player Isaac uh, Miller and those before them actually encouraged this as we are going over now. She, as mentioned, she even brought their, um, their schoolwork to them so that they, can, so they wouldn't fall behind in their studies. But um, Isaac Miller, continuing um, with the highlight... Isaac Miller collaborated with other HBCUs and uh, offered uh, and, and expanded even more. He expanded the academic programs. He um, established the National Association for Equal Opportunity in Higher Education. And uh, he also increased uh, many of the material and fiscal resources of the school. Uh, their endowment grew and four new buildings were constructed on the campus. And during the 21 years that Isaac Miller was a president, um, which was the second longest presidential tenure in Bennett College history, there were uh, periods of considerable social change. He retired in 1987, but you can see um, a lot of the, the, the good that he did while he was uh, running the college. Gloria Randall Scott took over as the 12th president of Bennett and the second woman in that position. And she developed additional programs um, while she headed Bennett College. 
She established the Women's Leadership Institute, the Center for African Women and Women of the African Diaspora, which admitted African immigrants as well as students who resided in Africa to come and attend the college. And during her tenure, uh, Maya Angelou was also installed as a member of the Board of Trustees at Bennett College. And uh, Gloria Scott, she was the president for 14 years before she retired in 2001. And in the 21st century, Bennett College continued to grow. Um, there were renovations and uh, there was a revitalization effort that happened where, uh, where there were renovations made to campus buildings and um, the college continued to grow as well. There was an art gallery that was expanded, that, were at, that was added <coughs> excuse me, to the college. There were also health and fitness uh, programs that were added to the college to encourage students to learn to lead healthy lives. And um, all this was, was part of a $50 million campaign that was spearheaded by the president of uh, Bennett College, Janetta B. Cole. People like Bill Clinton, uh, Bob Dole, Maya Angelou, and Oprah Winfrey all assisted in fundraising to help expand um, Bennett College. Um, the college you know, continued to grow years later um, as uh, Julie, Julianne uh, Malvo took over. Uh, where she increased enrollment, adding more new buildings, including a multimedia center and, and renovating additional buildings, overall um, enhancing the academic curriculum, focusing on women's leadership, entrepreneurship, communications, and global studies. And in 2012, when uh, Esther Terry became um, president of the college, uh, she was the first president who was a former alumni of the college. And she, uh, uh, you know, continued the tradition of growing the college as well, uh, making it one of the premier HBCU colleges in the country. Um, and also, uh, many of the women who, who attended uh, Bennett College were all influential in their fields. They were all first in their fields. Even if they're not women who you may know off the top, when you look at these women in their career, what they accomplished, they were, many of them were first in their prospective careers, showing how uh, important and how, um, how how influential the, the 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 staff, the faculty, the presidents of the college, how they were on the women who attend uh, Bennett College. There are uh, thousands, th- thousands of women. I think so far over seven thousand graduates of Bennett College. Um, since its creation. And um, as we mentioned, uh, many of these women were first in their fields, whether it was fields of science, whether it was sports, uh, whether it was politics, you know, all were, um, you know, no doubt positively influenced by the uh, education that they got from Bennett College University. And that's why I mentioned, as we mentioned before, it's important that uh, this college remains. So there's a lot of fundraising going on. I'm sure you can find a fundraiser for Bennett College that you can you know, contribute to just to help uh, keep that important institution around. And Bennett College, um, and that's the institution that, you know, as, as well as all of our HBCUs that 
we need to uh, you know keep going. So if you ever see any uh, fundraisers for Bennett College, you know check it out. Make sure it's a legit fundraiser. Check it out and you know contribute to help that um, that important institution remain. You know as it can help as it will continue to help you know generations and generations of of young black women uh, receive a. a uh, stellar education and continue to contribute to black history and black culture so that concludes this episode i think this is probably my longest episode ever um but i just wanted to highlight bennett college because i heard about what was going on with this accreditation um and i think it's just important that we you know highlight that highlight its history and do what we can to keep the institution going so um that concludes this episode of everyday black history please tune in again as we'll be having more institutions and more black men and women that will be highlighted. And um, there's much more information on this college about its history. And it, do yourself a favor and, you know, look it up, you know, because there's definitely a lot more historical facts about this college that I didn't get a chance to cover just because, you know, um, you know, it's, I didn't want to keep you too long. Yeah, I feel like I kept you long enough. So, but do yourself a favor. And look up, you know, Bennett College and look up its history, its important history. And um, stay tuned because I'll be coming at you with more black history and black culture. So stay tuned for the next episode.